Welcome to Marking It With My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And sometimes we forget that it's all at work. goodness so we were just saying before we start recording that dark had like double the normal amount of matches and we've got to go through all of them now yeah not that a lot of them will take us much time yeah but i think it's important to point out at least who showed up for these ones oh absolutely because like okay so what they did differently this week on dark when we get to dark yeah is really something very cool very appreciative but first we have an episode of uh being the elite to talk about oh goodness um so i think the most apt way to describe it is that matt hardy's broken brilliance has infected the rest of (laughs) aew already particularly the evps yep like it, it is already there. Uh, it's kind of scary, like, actually, because it, it just keeps going from here. I bet. <laughs> yeah, we we started on a bit where um, Matt Youngbuck was talking about social distancing and how Cutler was filming from like six feet away yeah. and all that, and it was like okay, whatever. Um, and then you hear like stuff going on in the background in like the washroom. And, like, after, midway through the segment, Kenny Omega exits the washroom. And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna head out. Thanks for the washroom. And, like, leaves. To which they didn't know he was in there, apparently. No. So they finish out the segment, and we get, like, a five minutes later segment. Or, like, a five minutes later card. Where we find out that um, Matthew Youngbuck... Uh, drinks coffee while he shits. <laughs> I mean, that that's efficient at least. Okay, I would like to say this though, mm-hmm. in that I really didn't need to see Matt on the toilet, even if he is the cuter brother. I don't really need to see that. And he is the cuter brother. Let's let's just be yeah. clear about that. Not that Nick is like well, it is particularly a... <laughs> unattractive. It's just. Matt has that X factor. Yeah. So yeah, we we get there and he's out of toilet paper. He slaps the toilet paper insert a couple times and then does a camera take and yells, Kenny! (laughs) So then we see Kenny Omega in his room with a horde of toilet paper cradling like a baby. baby. So there's like a whole like <laughs> kind of crazy acting Kenny Omega segment. Kenny had a lot of good segments. Yeah. This week. Um, that went on a little too long. Yeah, it's like a good twenty to thirty seconds too long. But I always enjoy Kenny doing that little bit of um, 
losing his marbles acting. It was pretty funny. Um, then we got to another segment where Kenny Omega was hoarding water. I don't think he was hoarding that. It just happened to be stacked up where he was. I guess. I, whatever it may have been, all of the water was in... I'm trying my best to neutralize my dumb Jersey accent when I say water. I don't know if I'm doing a good job or not. <laughs> just let it go. Uh so it turns out that um, what they're doing now is just having Kenny Omega and Colt Cabana do Looney Tunes segments. Which I am perfectly all right with. It was very funny. <laughs> like, I, I enjoyed that so much. It was exactly the kind of silliness you need in a video where half of the company is on lockdown. Yep, yep. But yeah, basically... In that whole segment, uh, Omega was asked to bring the water out to the crew. So he starts moving it one at a time, slowly revealing Colt Cabana behind it. <laughs> they decide he's also going to take out the trash because he's feeling really good today. And then he finds Colt Cabana <laughs> curled up in a corner. They do a little Looney Tunes chase segment. And, and then... Kenny loses marbles again as Matt shows up, wondering what's going on and taking so long. Mm -hmm. Really, this episode can be summed up by Kenny Omega loses his marbles. Yeah, basically. It was also like a kind of short one. I don't remember much else from it. Really, the only other note I have is the ending of Hangman and in the bar. Right. They had that scene in the bar where... Um, Matthew Youngbuck tries to pay Hangman's bar tab and he puts down a hundo and Hangman's like it's gonna be more than that <laughs> I, it occurs to me that I just did a camera take in what is ultimately an audio medium yes you did it's okay I got you I'm here for you <laughs> and he puts down a second hundo and Hangman's like it's gonna be camera more. take are you sure about that? <laughs> so he puts down a third one. And they have like a nice little moment where it looks like they're kind of like making up. Yeah, it ends on they're going to have a conversation. Yeah. Which I'm sure will influence going forward. At least in at least when they pick up Blood and Guts again. Right. So um, that's important to talk about because this week was supposed to be Blood and Guts. It was. It was supposed to be the Newark show. But unfortunately, due to world events currently, they weren't able to make that one. And it was instead being filmed in Jacksonville again in Tony Khan's home. That's right. Doesn't he have like a, a like apartment basically in Daly's place? Yep. As explained when... Uh, Cody Rhodes was on the AEW podcast. Yeah, Tony Khan has an apartment in Daly's place. When they film anything there, they're using his house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, to be a billionaire. Um, so yeah, look, it, it's, um, uh, from what I've heard this week, they basically put, like, a shitload of content in the can. Yeah, that, that's what uh, them and WWE have been doing this week before, like, complete lockdown came to everywhere. I think, like, F State of Florida is on, like, non-essential travel ban 
lockdown as of like Thursday at eleven fifty-nine. Yeah, I'd say when did that go into effect? Since we have a resident Floridian here. <laughs> Orlando and most of South Florida. Okay. Okay. That explains why my parents oh. are still able to go out and about. Yeah, Jacksonville's in North Florida, isn't it? I don't know. Northwest still open. <laughs> Jacksonville's <laughs> like it. Yeah, it is it's north, but it's like it's like border looking. Yeah. Which like my parents have a place near Jacksonville. I wonder if I could get like they have a place to stay during uh you know, make sure they're not there and then fly you and me down for AEW shows. <laughs> Business expense, right? Business expense. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, or- the WWE Performance Center is on Orlando, so that's why it had to but like I think I think Jacksonville is still, I don't know, we'll have to figure it out. But we'll I know AEW filmed a lot of content this week to try to get stuff extant for the next couple of weeks because there's a strong chance they're not going to be able to record for a while. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm getting messages coming. <laughs> Gosh darn it. So anyway, before we go on for like half an hour, um, basically Blood and Guts is happening when it happens yeah it's kind of just been set down that they'll keep it simmering but uh yeah that one's got to be done in front of in front of a crowd because otherwise you you'll lose a lot of the impression that it that it would have yeah no it it feels like a blood and guts style match because we're not calling it that other thing (laughs) copyright it loses a lot of what makes it, like, good without people there. Like, don't get me wrong. They've been doing great things with the empty arena shows. Like, they've been able to play around with a lot more, like, weird stuff that they wouldn't have been able to otherwise. A lot more cinematic delivery, too. Yes. Which we will definitely get into. But it's also lacking the, you know element of there being people there watching yeah because a big thing of wrestling is that it is a live event with the crowd interaction Mm -hmm. so we can go through this for now but uh i really do hope it comes back sooner than later i i would rather all of the performers and people attending the events be safe exactly you know what i mean i i i think we're on the same page here so dark Dark this week was what six matches? Oh gosh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yep. Um, how many of them were squash matches? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. No, no, it's not true at all. There, there were a couple in here that were actually very well-rounded matches, but for the most part, what it was is AEW put out a call for a bunch of indie talent that was just happened to be around. Yeah, basically, uh, although um, Shug D had to come from pretty far away to get to Florida. Yeah, whether he came from Leeds or Colorado, I'm not sure right now, but it, it's quite a trip. More than likely Colorado. Yeah. But so- um, and since that's not like a huge hotspot, it's probably also not one of the places where you have the mandatory 14 day quarantine on travel. Yeah. Uh, so our first match was Jake Hager versus Joe Alonzo. 
Joe Alonso got a match. He, Joe Alonso finally got a match. And not only that, Joe Alonso was on Sammy's vlog uh, for this as well. Where apparently Sammy had told him that he was going to be facing Mox in the match instead. <laughs> so he spent the week getting ready and doing cardio and getting ready to take like a really big DDT and look amazing. And then he goes out there with Hagar. <laughs> yeah, so Jake Hager versus Joe Alonso was a pure and essential squash match. Yes. It was a minute long, like to the second. <laughs> and um Jake Hager won via his submission his choke slam submission combo. The Uranagi into the Coptic choke. Yes. These kinds of matches are really good for people like Hagar, who haven't been shown off as much yet, but have that presence already built up. Because mm-hmm. it gives them a chance to go out and show off their arsenal, so you know what to expect when they start doing bigger matches. Right, and like, it, I felt bad for Joe Alonso, though. A little like, bit. <laughs> there's no way to look good in a one minute long match. But, you know, he went out and did his best. He he did his best. It's also hard when Sammy's kicking you in the head. <laughs> yeah. It was... Yeah. It it was. It was. That's, that's all we have to say about it. So our next match is a tag match. Yep. Between... What are they calling themselves? The Perfect Nightmares? The Natural Nightmares. The Natural Nightmares. Dustin Rhodes and, and QT Marshall. Yes, because right, because they're nightmare family, and Dustin is going by the natural. Yeah, and they took on a, another couple indie guys in Matt Sells and John Cruz, which was a pretty darn good match. Yeah, it was. It was much longer than Hagar's. They actually yes. got some stuff in. They're allowed to show off a bit, and they looked yeah, pretty I, good doing it too. No, they they look they look perfectly like. You know, okay. So the problem is that QT Marshall doesn't come across as someone who is much of an in-ring threat because he keeps jobbing. <laughs> yes. So like losing to the guy who jobs doesn't exactly look good most of the time, and like it was kind of a given when you bring in indie talent versus roster talent. Of course, that the indie talent isn't going to win unless you want to sign them nobody's really expecting the upset here no although one thing to note with this match is skylar moore who accompanied uh cells and crews actually had an AEW match back in january with awesome kong really yeah it was a it was another dark match i believe huh so that's actually her second appearance on there interesting it's good to know so yeah, no, that that was it was still it, you know, it was a fun match. It it had a lot more back and forth than the previous one, which was a lot of fun to see, even if yeah. it is on QT. Yes. Um <laughs> Yeah, like it, it it never really felt like um Cruz and Cells were going to like take control of that match either. Yeah. So, I mean, look, it's a, you know, whether it's a tryout match or a let's give you some money match it worked yeah it's doing the job that's intended 
But it also brings us into our first match with majority main roster people on it. Yes. With SCU taking on Sean Spears and Robert Anthony. And I'm going to be honest. Robert Anthony looked very good as a partner for Spears. Oh my gosh. Like, as soon as he came out, the commentary team started going on about how he has 20 years experience. Right before the match, he tells Spears that he's going to start it because it's taken him 20 years to get to something like AEW. So he's going to show off. Mm-hmm. And honestly, he did. Oh, he looked phenomenal. And like, I, I, I can't complain about his wrestling at all. Like, I, the match was really good like oh yeah it was really really good i was so glad he got so much time in there to keep up with scu like not just to to be the punching bag waiting to give the hot tag but to actually show off um we should also clarify that it's frank kazarian and our fallen angel christopher daniels yeah (laughs) yeah scorpio sky hasn't been at tapings it looks like for a bit which yeah everyone Travel was complications there, there's all sorts of reasons why people wouldn't show up yeah like as far as the press releases are at, during this time anyone who isn't comfortable working doesn't have to show up with no repercussions and like that's fair yep you know you work it's not like and like that's the thing this is good this is a weird time to have a wrestling podcast god um, it's not like these guys don't want to perform. Yeah, yeah, no. But they, you have to consider your health and safety first. Right. They want to be out there. They want to be performing. But health and safety of yourself or your loved ones should, and I'm glad that it can, come first. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Got the white claw burps. Ouch. <laughs> So going to Look, the, back to the match, one thing I found really interesting was that Tully was on the outside recording it too. Yes. So it had a very nice, very authentic feel that they're actually looking for someone. Right, that it really felt like an actual tryout. Yep. And, like, I again, like, I think, I mean, with the exception of the match that follows this one, I think this, this is definitely a top two match for this episode of dark yes yeah i'm just looking at the last four matches like yeah totally like the next match is also very very good even the even the like headliner was pretty pretty solid like it felt like about a 50 50 sort of show yeah it, it was it was definitely a lot of time spent showing off talent you wouldn't normally see mm-hmm. and then just 50% what you'd normally expect from something like Dark. Right. Yeah. Right. And like, uh, Robert Anthony did a pretty good job in that match of working over Christopher Daniels a couple of times. Yeah. The, um, you know, like just a lot of good sequences. And it all came crashing down every time Spears insisted on being tagged in. Yep. Because they would miscommunicate then, they would screw up stuff then. And it, it was just told so well. Mm-hmm. As part of Spears' character during this. So the unfortunate finish was due to miscommunication. Robert Anthony accidentally hits Sean Spears. Yep. 
and you don't hit an Adonis like Sean Spears and not suffer the consequences. <laughs> he is perfection. Uh, so Spears fucking walks out again. Like as always. Is, as is tradition. It, and That lets SU set up the best melter ever. Basically. Something yeah, I haven't seen in a while. <laughs> right, because um, it, it's been mostly Scorpio Sky and Frankie Sarian. Yes wrestling together and christopher daniels hasn't really had as much scu ring time yeah he's done either more of the managerial look or doing some single stuff Mm -hmm. and you know like he still looks really good yeah well yeah totally like i don't think there's ever been a time in his career that christopher daniels looked bad so (laughs) false Oh, okay. Yeah, fair. Curry Man. You walked into that one. I walked into that one, yep. Because Curry Man was racist as fuck. <laughs> I actually think I have a signed picture from Christopher Christopher Daniels of the Curry Man suit somewhere in here. It could have been such a good gimmick, but they they went racist with it. Yeah. So anyway... <laughs> There's the point in his career where Christopher Daniels didn't look good. <laughs> the one time he didn't, in retrospect. Uh, but yeah, no, like, a very, very solid... Oh, post-match, Spears comes in and lays out Robert Anthony and, like, yells at him at the end of, uh, you know, post-match, being like, don't ever hit me. That's what happens when you hit me, you piece of shit. I'll murder your family and eat your babies <laughs> or whatever. Okay, I don't think they went quite that far, Cat. I'm editorializing. Okay. Your natural heel is coming through here. <laughs> um, so I, it's pretty safe to say that. Sci-fi. <laughs> it's pretty safe to say that Robert Anthony isn't getting the gig with Spears. <laughs> no, that's, that's a fair assessment. Um, I. I'd like to see him back. Yes. I feel the exact same way about our next match. Um, our next match is Kip Sabian versus Shug D. Also known as... Penelope Ford at ringside. Also known as Sugar Dunkerton. Also known as Sugar Dunkerton. Who was a staple when I was like really heavy into watching indie wrestling a couple years back. You know, I was about to ask, was his name really Sugar Dunkington? And then I remembered it's wrestling. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this one actually started really quickly when Penelope was getting out of the ring and Kip insisted on getting one last kiss from her. And then Suge tried to roll him up, but only got a two. Mm-hmm. Um, he slaps Kip on the ass. Um, yep. By the way, um new segment i'm gonna call it booty moments with cat okay i'm ready okay kip sabian's butt eight and a half out of ten that's valid that this has been booty moments with cat that's gonna be the entire of the segment every week now isn't it just someone news butt yeah basically okay um so he, he gets slapped on the ass he attacks. He takes the ref. Penelope Ford interferes. Of course. 
Oh, wait. Um, so I'm being asked to set the scale for booty talk or whatever. I, I forget what I called it. I don't even remember the name of the segment. It's you just know that now, didn't you? Yes. <laughs> I'm being asked to come up with um, a baseline of high to low. So our high, our, our 10. No, our 11. Always go to Finn 11. Balor. Yep. 10 is perfect. 11 is Finn Balor. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I think just our, our one on the ass rating. Um, hmm, this is Rikishi. Oh, God. Okay. There's, there's, there's our 11 to zero scale. <laughs> oh, goodness. So yeah, Kip Sabian's about an eight and a half. Where were we? I we were talking about the match and Penelope before getting involved as she always does. Mm-hmm. Which gives an opening for Kip to get a top rope neckbreaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Duncan Dick makes or Shook D, sorry, makes a little bit of a comeback. Kip is able to take back control and gets a win via submission. Which was very British wrestling. Yes. It was in, It was a, for a match that went on about five minutes. It felt like it was, it felt like there was a lot of back and forth and it, it like, it didn't feel like it was a longer match necessarily, but it felt more satisfying than your average five minute match would. Yes. Shugdi got a very good look. And again, he's someone I wouldn't object to them having on more often. Yep. And like like I said, a few years ago when I was watching the indie stuff really closely, he was a staple in a lot of places I would watch. Mm-hmm. So he can bring it. <laughs> he, he has a lot of the same vibe of the, of the people they already have there. Right. And like, th- there's definitely a vibe to it that I've enjoyed a lot with the way that they work indie talent. Yes, definitely. Um, it's it's obviously different from person to person. Um, I don't think they realized what they had on their hands with Orange Cassidy for quite a while. Yeah, that that that's. Um, I want. I want to think that it was more they were trying to not Figure. overexpose it. Well, so like. But it is possibly missed. They had him show up at the buy-in for Double or Nothing. Yeah, and I don't. They and they had him show up as like the what twenty-second man in a twenty-one man Royal Rumble. Yep, he just kind of walked in and started kicking people. It was. It was. It was classic Orange Cassidy, and like it took them a bit to sign him after that. I'm like. I don't know. It, it feels like they, they they definitely have caught on to how like obviously they've caught on to how over Orange Cassidy is. Yeah, they, they've caught on to like how the fans receive him and how the character is meant to be received. Right. Yeah. And they've they've like they've had his matches work that way. His match. They've had his match work that way. I think he was in a triple in a trios match once i don't think he got tagged in though 
Probably not. But, you know, it was like, you know, like they, they've treated the indie talent very well. And like, you see, I, I see AEW as a place where like indie guys can get a shot and really like, you know, not just get their shot, but get over. Yes. Yeah, you don't have to be that... a homegrown talent to make it in AEW, it seems. Right. Or you don't have to be like someone who's been in the business forever. Yeah. And then still have to work your way up through the training roster. <laughs> I'm specifically talking about how they didn't just fucking sign Shinsuke Nakamura to the main roster and had him go to NXT first. Dude's been wrestling forever. Um, <laughs> anyway. That's a sore spot. <laughs> Yes, I. It's a spot that's almost as sore as AJ Styles' dick after they turned him into a comic book dick puncher post WrestleMania. <laughs> dick Punch Nakamura was his whole gimmick for like six months. I remember hearing about that gimmick for six months, though. <laughs> but he went from like headlining WrestleMania. Yes to punching a guy in the dick punching a guy in a dick and cutting promos where he goes sorry no speak english <laughs> with the self-awareness that it was intended to be very funny because he's clearly demonstrated before that he can speak english pretty well yes so when they'd ask him like questions he didn't want to answer about aj styles he'd be like sorry no speak english <laughs> which Admittedly, it's actually pretty funny. Yes. Is it as good or better than Asuka just screaming in Japanese for all of her interviews? It's not as good. Okay. Asuka screaming in Japanese is better. <laughs> also, Asuka's YouTube channel. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. I love it. Okay, so back to AEW, because we have to finish Dark, and then we have to finish Dynamite. Yeah, we've almost been going as long as Dark recording this. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't want to do, a, I don't want to edit another hour and 45 minute episode, so let's speed this up. Okay. Hulk Cabana versus Brandon Cutler. Brandon Cutler rolls a 15. 15. Uh, Colt then comes out and takes the die. And gives it to Excalibur, who yes. rolled a 13, I believe. He did. Um, Colt plays to the non-crowd completely, <laughs> completely seriously. Because he's Colt Cabana and he just kind of does that. This match was like very heavy chain wrestling. Yes. And that was really good to show off on Cutler. No, for sure. And like, it, it I mean, Brandon Cutler came out. He looked cool. He lost. It's what happens to Brandon Cutler. Yep. Yeah. We we know to expect that. Particularly when he's booked against Colt Cabana. Yeah. No, you're not going to be the jobber on Dark for the past however long and then beat Colt Cabana. As at much least, as I'd like to see it, it's just not going to happen. At least not where Colt Cabana is getting that whole undefeated push. Yeah. So, yeah, like... You know, another five-minute match. Good back and forth. Yeah. 
it was really good showing off even more of Cutler's arsenal and what he mm-hmm. can do, which has been really good, really well shown off in the past couple tag matches as well. So now we're just getting a more varied uh, Brandon Cutler out of it. Right. And like, he's he's going to get the push. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to come. It's building. But they also need to build Colt Cabana at the same time. Yeah, as much um, as you need to build Colt Cabana besides just introducing him. Right. Um, and, and, like, the thing is, like, Cutler also took time off of wrestling for a while. Yeah. So part of it is, like, hey, let's work with you. And, you know, like, you're going to job for a while, but we're also going to do training. Yeah. And you're going to be a better wrestler at the end of this, and then we'll give you a push. Now, before we go on from this one, have I ever told you the story of when I saw Cole Cabana at a show? No. So, I was at a show in Port Credit, where Cole Cabana was on it. Mm-hmm. And partway through the match, someone's phone rings in the audience. Okay. I can almost see where this is going already. So, Cole Cabana gets out of the ring and goes up to the lady and asks for her phone. To which she hands it over because it's Cole Cabana and that's what you do. Right. And then he answers it and starts talking to whoever was on the other line. So yeah, during this match, while Colt is on the phone, the ref is trying to count him out. And he keeps yelling, I'm like, no, this is actually my bit here. <laughs> Let me finish the bit. This is part of the bit. Please uh, don't count me out. Three. No, stop doing that. <laughs> So yeah, that's my Cold Cabana story. That's a good Cold Cabana story. Um, the match ends with a Superman pin and a win for Cold Cabana, as is expected. Yep. They also switched it up. And they referred to him as Boom Boom Colt Cabana, not Colt Boom Boom Cabana. <laughs> so it sounds less like he went duty in his typey. I'm so glad they did that. I'm a little upset because I was enjoying that bit. I assume they listened to the podcast. And change it up because of that. It, it's that's gotta be it. Yep, yeah, that is entirely what's happened. So it, it's it, it's that it's that it's that Nicholas Youngbuck listens to the podcast while he's on paternity leave. I was gonna say Excalibur or Taz, but yeah, Nick works too. I'm sorry, Nick. Your brother is cuter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do the Young Bucks for next week's butt talk. Okay. That seems fair. The Young Bucks. Okay. Main event of Dark this week. We had Corey Hollis and Mike Reed taking on the those Jersey boys, Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. Normally I would root for the indie talent. But it's the Jersey Boys. Yeah. So I was all in on Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss as a tag team. Like, they... It was a weird tag team, but they had chemistry. Oh yeah, definitely. And they worked really well together. Would you so, want like, to the, see this on an episode of Dynamite? This particular match? This particular team. Janela yes. and Kiss. Yes. Okay. I really want to see more 
Sonny Kiss on TV because his style of wrestling is so different from like your typical men's match. <laughs> it has a very different energy than what you're used to, yeah. And it's an enjoyable energy. Like Yeah, it's very fun. It's just you know also very openly queer <laughs> which is probably why we like it so much to be honest yes and probably why they're like maybe a little bit uncertain about putting it on tv i wouldn't know that i can not i i guess or assume anything on uh aw's position there nor would i want to i think it's if if, if it's anything it's uh you know a matter of like you know protecting your performers rather than catering to the audience yes that said aew is very obviously a pretty fucking progressive company kind of a fan of it <laughs> kind of holds their podcast talk about how i'm a fan of it so I, I, I'm more than willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on this. Yes. So yeah, the, like, it was good that Sunny Kiss finally won something and didn't just get worked over really, really, really uncomfortably hard. Yeah. And to top it all off, Sunny even got the count for this one. Mm-hmm. So that is really good for him. Right. And like, it was... It was a really good, like, team maneuver, sort of, like, set up for the finish. With the top rope elbow followed by kisses it. Yes. Yeah. And it looked the, the, very stylish. The kisses it for the, like, like, every part of that, and, like, the pin was just, like, every part of it was beautiful. Yes. And I loved it. And want to so, see more of it. Yes. Absolutely. So like that was a solid that was a that was a solid match, but I think if I had to pick my favorite match for Dark, I'm going with um, Robert Anthony and Sean Spears versus SCU. Yeah, I would have to say the same. It was just a such a good showcase of the indie talent while building up Spears in his own right. Absolutely, and like I thoroughly enjoy i like it, it was it was an overall positive episode of dark like no complaints i really do enjoy when i can turn on and see people i don't know that's absolutely what i think really sold this episode yes. is turning it on and seeing people you don't normally get to watch okay so we want to go do we want to go to the mid-roll do we not have anything to plug right now uh i don't really have anything to plug right now do you um my phone in. Tell us what your phone can. Uh, no, I I think like we might. I don't know. We'll throw in an ad for Unsound Theories later. Welcome to the mid roll. If you would like your product shield for on the mid roll, just let us know. Uh yeah, we we, we you know we could probably do something like that where like you just know an open pay, call, like, pay like X dollars, and we'll talk about your product. Listen, I would like for this podcast to make some money eventually, so I'm not opposed to selling out. <laughs> no, no, neither am I. Um, I'll plug myself. Okay. Go to 
linktr.ee slash catcelesnia and you'll find all of my shit twitch tos appropriate and not <laughs> anyway anyway swiftly onwards into dynamite from this wednesday yes so this was a it, it was a it was a dynamite yep it was a it, lot of the same energy i would expect from a dynamite every week the thing is so like this was supposed to be the blood and blood and guts week yeah so you kind of had that in the back of your mind while watching of what this episode could be and what they're making it instead right what they had to last minute audible because tony khan made the announcement what friday night after we finished recording yeah he did i don't think we ever recorded a bit on that we didn't so tony khan announced friday night after we finished recording that Blood and Guts would be held when it was an appropriate time to hold Blood and Guts. Yep. Which is fair. So this week felt a little slapdash. Yeah, they kind of grabbed who they could find and threw him into the ring. They grabbed who was available because let's like a lot of people just aren't because it's a fucking nightmare sometimes. Yeah, and a lot of their talent is out in California. Which was already into a lockdown, you know, like Excalibur, mm-hmm. like the Young Bucks, like probably Scorpio Sky. Yeah, like, and, and I mean, like, I'm honest, I I have to assume that the only reason they had Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela team together is that they hadn't gone back to Jersey yet. Probably. Because as of right now, coming from Jersey, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, to Florida, there is a mandatory 14-day quarantine. Yeah. So it's very likely that just they didn't go back yet. And that's why we had them available. I also kind of have to wonder how many of them are just staying in hotels on AEW's Dime during all of this. AEW Dynamite. It's not an episode of the podcast if I don't make Aaron consider quitting the podcast. (laughs) You know what? Kat, you know what? I'm not going to quit, but I'm going to take a washroom break real quick now because of that. Okay. So I'm going to talk about Cody versus Jimmy Havoc. I'm not actually going to talk about Cody versus Jimmy Havoc without Aaron. Um... Dynamite. Alright, chat, how are you? Uh you and Aaron have a bet going. Do tell. You won't mention it yet. Does that mean it involves me? And if you mentioned it, you would spoil the bet by informing me of the bet? Oh. Oh no. So hey, uh real quick everyone. I'm pretty sure Steven Universe series finale was slash is tonight. If you haven't watched Steven Universe yet, it's worth watching. It's one of those shows that for me was fairly life-changing uh so give that a shot if you're gay and you like cartoons i'm trying to think of what else to vamp about um i caught a string fish today i've got at least one or two other things i can talk about but let's pretend i was talking about the match the entire time uh so the match ends with cody defeating jimmy havoc with a crossroads Two crossroads. 
Sorry, I just kept the podcast going while you were gone. That That's fine. I was hoping for more of a reaction. I actually just bamped about nonsense for the entire time you were gone. <laughs> I know, I looked at chat before I sat down. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I'm the smart baby face in this dynamic. Come on. <sighs> fine. Okay, did you want to get started on Dynamite then? Yes. Alright. So we find out at the start of Dynamite that Cody's going to be joining Tone on commentary tonight. But first in he's got to do a match. Yes, he's joining Tone in lieu of Excalibur, who is not able to make it for reasons. But who was live tweeting the whole show. Which was cool. I enjoyed that. He was really entertaining. I forget which match it was, but one of them I, I actually asked like over Twitter, like, so can you like redub over this with your own commentary? Because I want to hear both now. <laughs> did you get a reply? I did not. For shame, Excal. Tell you who I did get a reply from, Nyla Rose, the native beast herself. Yep. And I will what? talk about that when we get to that match. Sounds good. <laughs> So, uh, we get Kenny Omega on commentary with Tone. Yep. But first we get, whoop, brain spasm there a bit. <laughs> so we've got Cody versus Jimmy Havoc. And Cody comes out. I always have to laugh now whenever I see him wearing a scarf. Because that damn neck tattoo. Yeah. It's like, I know he's not wearing it to cover it up now. But it's still funny to me. <laughs> Um, we also find out that Sean Spears is running a gambling ring backstage. Yes. <laughs> and he's got the gun club back there. And a rotation of other people. Including uh, Dasha Gonzalez, who was subbing in for some ring announcing. Yep. So we get Cody versus Jimmy Havoc. Um, and, like, you know, letting Jimmy Havoc do his very technical and very proficient wrestling with someone like Cody is really fun to watch. Yeah. It also works out because Cody likes to work his work his matches so much where he is the one taking the majority of the punishment. Mhm. And Jimmy Havoc looks best giving out punishment. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. So we got a match where both of those things held true. Yeah. I especially like the beginning the at the beginning of it when Havoc goes for a pin and Cody bridges out of it, which Kenny yes. calls very Riho esque. <laughs> <laughs> that was so that was so cute. Yeah. Now it's like um it was kind of in a lot of ways what you would expect from Cody versus Jimmy Havoc, you know? Like good grappling. Yep. A lot of chains, a lot of a lot good of high chains. spots, like and then some flashy finishes. Yeah, like taking Cody over to the commentary table so Jimmy Havoc can get on a microphone, then grab his tongue and uppercut him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was an interaction I never expected to see. No, the uh, the fact that like moving around the arena is so open right now yes is making for some really interesting stuff uh so 
yeah, like, I mean, Cody eats an acid rainmaker, kicks out, which, like, you know, once Cody kicks out of the acid rainmaker, you know, it's kind of, okay, this is how the finish is going. Yeah. So Cody hits a crossroads, hits another crossroads. Spikes the second crossroads. And gets the three count. Yeah, very good showing. And it led us to a very good video promo. So, like, I do want to, like, take a second to remark on how they've transitioned Jimmy Havoc from a, like, hardcore guy with, like, the staple gun and everything like that to just, like, a proper, if slightly deranged lad who wrestles. Very brutal grappler, yeah. Right, so, like, it, it's it's added... I, I know hardcore wrestling is a legitimate form in and of itself, but mm-hmm. it's added some legitimacy to his performance. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like it's probably part of that angle with Luther. Mm-hmm. And that Luther would probably be the more stereotypical hardcore one in that interaction. So Jimmy Havoc has to set himself apart. Right. Yeah. I've never actually watched any luther matches so i wouldn't be able to speak to that there i've tried a couple times they're not really my cup of tea (laughs) i know you like struggled with the mox omega match yep like even that one knowing how scripted it would be because kenny omega's involved it was still very hard for me to watch i being a heel found it enjoyable (laughs) yeah you seem to love it i kept rolling away from my computer desk (laughs) i've had to work hard to become a better person (laughs) yeah hardcore wrestling for me was one of those things where i would watch it maybe once a year Mm -hmm. like there'd be three to five matches i would go back and watch I can't even remember the guy's names now, unfortunately, so I can't recommend them. <laughs> but it wasn't... That's fair. But beyond that, it wasn't something I generally looked for. No, it, like, it's it's not the kind of wrestling that, you know, like... I mean, like, I... I don't, don't get me wrong, I enjoy it, but it's not my favorite kind of wrestling. You know, like, wrestling that understands that there's whimsy to wrestling is one of my favorite kinds of wrestling if not my out-and-out favorite. And I think you kind of have similar feelings in that regard. It's like, yeah, there's a little bit of this that's funny, just inherently. Yeah. The the very nature of professional wrestling, from the costumes to the ring to the arena setup to the televised presentation is so over-the-top that when it's embraced, truly embraced, that's when I most enjoy it. Right. Revel in the ostentatiousness. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a six-star Kenny Omega match for that to happen. It can be any old match as long as the people involved have that kind of energy to them. Right. And, like, you know, you you can even have comedic matches that are still good matches. Um, There was the match that we watched recently that was... Oh, God. Um... You have to forgive me. I need to look up this card. Oh no! Was it the one we watched this morning? No. It was Orange Cassidy and Penelope Ford 
<laughs> Versus Vita Scott and Shockwave. Vita Scott and Shockwave. <laughs> oh God, yes. It, it was just a straight out and out wrestling match where there's a robot in the ring. It's like it is. It's just absurd. But that was they're the so match. straight-faced about it. Right. Tell, tell him to take off his tell him to take off his death armor. <laughs> like vocal orange Cassidy is one of my favorite things ever. Yeah. Uh we also just because we've been watching a lot of like older matches, we watched um Orange Cassidy versus Marco Stunt last oh, last weekend. <laughs> Yeah, I really appreciate the spot in there where Marco Stunt gets a sugar rush and starts running the ropes. <laughs> because, again, it is it's just one of those things that you know inherently just by going about life, but it's brought up to this different level of of absurdity with the rest of the presentation. Right. Or um, My favorite was... When Orange Cassidy screams into the ring, little boy, jump on me, I'll catch you. <laughs> no, you won't. You're going to move. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so cool. It's so funny to see them make Orange Cassidy kind of the heel character. Yes. <laughs> Where he's like, I don't feel like actually winning this, so I'll just cheat to win it. Yep. Um, I also watched, sorry, I'm gonna get distracted on Orange Cassidy tangent. I watched Orange Cassidy versus Sue Young. Oh, that is, that is my favorite Orange Cassidy match. <laughs> when Sue Young disappears, and Orange Cassidy has to, like, go around the arena looking for her. Sue Young! <laughs> where'd she go? <laughs> hey, where'd you go? And, like... Honestly, I think that sums up what I was just talking about, like my prefer my preference for for wrestling presentation is in those like paranormal quote unquote characters. Mm-hmm. Because it's again, it's just prevent it's presented as a straight faced fact that in the world of wrestling there are zombies and ghosts and they want to kill you. <laughs> And and also, giant human-sized ants. <laughs> the patience of a humble fire ant. <laughs> and um, also, um, guys who've taken bumps so hard that they understand that their soul is an essence. <laughs> exactly. It's just, it's reveling in this world of wrestling that allows these things to be real. Right, like Kane being able to control fire, or The Undertaker being literally dead. Like, things that, like, everyone knows. It's not, like, everyone knows. It's beyond the normal scope of allowability, but it's here, so we'll do it. Right, it's, it, it doesn't make sense for this to be real life. Because this isn't real life. So just, like, kind of go with it. You'll enjoy it. Yep. So our next segment is a Jake Roberts video package. Yes. 
And holy shit, that was a Jake Roberts video package. Caesar, we just want a match. One match. Now, I will say I prefer Jake Roberts talking live. Because mm-hmm. I think his cadence is a little more grasped, a little uh, better to grasp in real time. But even still, video promo Jake Roberts is perfectly fine. So, like, my thing is, his cadence is designed around a crowd. Yes. And there's those pauses that go into that cadence to develop that space for the crowd. And that doesn't translate perfectly to video packages. It translates really well. Yeah, if you have so. a really good editor, it will it can translate very well still. Like how I am going to cut out almost all of those pauses. <laughs> <laughs> Little known fact, half the podcast is actually silence as we look things up. <laughs> no, there's... I generally cut, like... 30 to 45 minutes of podcast. Yeah, I think because that's what of dead air and stuff. I think that's what it was when I edited the one episode. Mhm. Okay, so um yeah, that video package, Jake the Snake really just wants a salad. <laughs> He's tired of Caesar. He wants some garden. Maybe right. pasta. Yeah, so like he he says something to the effect of Cody gave the AEW fans what they wanted and promised that they would select from the best minds in the business to bring them the top quality product, and Jake didn't get a call. Yeah, so he's a little pissed because he's one of the top minds in the business. Yeah, he knows it. Cody knows it. The whole fucking business knows it. And they didn't call Lance Archer. Because they were over in Japan with him and they saw what he could do. So they're probably scared of him. And so, it's, like, it's just this, was it, a minute and a half, two minute video package? Where something like that. He just it, lays out completely, this is our motivation for this whole storyline. Right. It, it felt longer than it actually was. Because I watched yeah. the whole thing, like, again. And, like, watching it the second time, it was, like, over so quickly. But when you're hanging on every single word he says the first time you hear it, it's like... It's an eternity. Mm-hmm. And that is the talent of someone who can cut a world-class promo. Getting you to experience days within a minute. Yeah. Because the way the package is cut, the way that you deliver things, it's just... It was... It was very good. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we get a little Darby video package after that. Um, Darby can talk Co- again. Yes, Darby can talk again. And he matches like the artsy shooting he's been doing for these promos mm-hmm. so well with the artsy script that he has for them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm for this. Just give me more of this. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, like half of wrestling is cutting good promos. Yeah. And letting Darby thrive in cutting really good promos has been huge. Yes. Speaking of Darby, though, our next match is Darby Allen versus Kip Sabian with Penelope (laughs) (laughs) at ringside. Now, why would you say it like that? Well, Aaron, a video on Twitter 
because Nyla herself retweeted it showed Nyla standing next to the TV in ring gear with her belly at Penelope Ford <laughs> oh and I love that that was hilarious it was adorable because she's in the full ring gear with the title standing beside the TV watching it right like they like, always show in the back like not actually watching the TV from the couch but standing next to it yep like kind of here <laughs> that isn't going to show up in the podcast cat audio medium <laughs> But it's just like this three minute joke of how they all stand in the back beside the screen watching it. And she's defending. It's like, nope, I just saw Penelope go by there. (laughs) It was very funny. Now, I actually tweeted at Nyla Rose about that one, asking if she always watches the shows in like full gear. To which she replied, "No, it was a good pe- it was a good pay per view, but I've only seen it once live and once recorded. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> I really okay. should rewatch Full Gear. We should watch Full Gear again. Um, it's worth noting that Nyla's wife filmed that. Yes. So she was also the one asking why she wouldn't just sit on the damn couch. <laughs> um." Uh, oh, I like randomly checked Twitter. Sorry. Uh, this came up. I'm going to post it in chat. Um, is this is from Nyla's wife. Nyla apparently cuts like Tetris pieces out of cake. <laughs> that is the ultimate heel move. Oh my god, that's amazing. No, it's horrifying. I appreciate her dedication. Who cuts cake like that? Oh. oh let me remember to link this in the show notes, I guess. Yep. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm supposed to be the baby face here. <laughs> I'm the baker here and that's why it bothers me okay that's fair it's infringing on your gimmick so it makes sense is that really gonna is that gonna have to be my gimmick the baker <laughs> you can team up with the butcher and the blade and the bunny the butcher the blade and the baker <laughs> the butcher the baker and the candlestick maker that'll be our fucking gimmick apparently <laughs> so dry for after that but oh hey cobran how are you <laughs> welcome to the stream <laughs> you've come at an interesting time because we're talking about my wrestling gimmick which is apparently supposed to be the baker now <laughs> even the really the character that i should be playing is a mix between sammy Zayn's current character and daniel bryan's environmentalist character so Sami Zayn? I mean, but is Sami vegan? I've heard mostly positive reports. 
Interesting. Oh yeah, possibly vegan, definitely vegetarian. Interesting. So yeah, I'd just be Sami Zayn. Yep. <laughs> we'll work that angle next week. Okay, I'm all for That'll... this. Um, speaking of which, I think we should probably mention that we're gonna do a special Wrestle Manana episode. Manana. Yeah, it's WrestleMania, but it's pre-recorded, so you can watch it tomorrow. Right, the two-night WrestleMania, which yeah, we'll we'll have that available. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely figure out how to do. Anyway. Anyway, back to the show we were talking about, uh, with Darby Allen and Kip Sapien, Sabian. The machines. Uh. Keeping forward, don't acknowledge it, just move on. So we get a really early offensive start from Darby in this one, and he actually manages to out-wrestle Kip a couple times. Which, like, given Kip's technical skill, is interesting. Yeah, now they've alluded to it and mentioned a couple times on previous shows, but yeah, Darby has a technical wrestling background. Mm-hmm. But he was told very early on that because of his size, no one's really going to take him seriously. So he picked up the more hardcore stuff. Right. And like, you know, uh, uh, it's it's a super bad Kip Sabian match. Um, oh, let's roll this back real quick. Um, and this goes back to Dark, actually. I'd like to note that Dasha Gonzalez can say Norfolk perfectly. <laughs> And it took Justin Roberts six months. No, he's still not there because he last last time he said Norfuck. <laughs> he just gives no fucks. Uh, okay, so uh, there was I forget I don't was it I don't think it was on be the being the elite, but like I saw a piece of content. I think that where... was from Sammy's vlog. It might have been one of those weeks, but um, where Kip and Penelope are continue to convince Justin Roberts that no, actually, it is pronounced Norfuck, <laughs> and then he walks off and they have a giggle about it. Yep, and <laughs> the worst logic game ever, Norfuck. Oh God. <laughs> See, um, as we were saying. Yes. This match is very much a super bads match with Penelope getting involved a lot. Mm-hmm. Cody actually brings up a comparison between Penelope and Baby Doll from back in the eighties, I believe. So that is that's a throwback for you. Cody flexing his wrestling knowledge muscles. His encyclopedia Vinsanica muscles. Yep. <laughs> Yes, uh, so, like, there's, there's like, a lot of, like, I mean, like, it's a match where the right man goes over. Yep. Like, he fights tooth and nail to get there. Sorry, I needed to adjust my headphones because my ears are starting to hurt. Um, oh, yeah. You've been there all day again, haven't you? I have. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, there's, like, it's a very good back and forth match and like that's the thing that i like about darby's matches is that you always feel like he has to get desperate to win yes and in that desperation he finds 
his wins, you know? Including showing off a new finisher pin that he's dubbed the Last Supper. Which is a very Darby Island name for a move. Yeah. It's basically like a figure four leg lock bridge over pin. Yeah, and Cody, like, gets real technical about it and tries to, like, flex his muscles on, like, (laughs) this kind of move. It's like, okay, Cody, please. Just tell us what the move is, though. (laughs) That's what we need to know. Tell us what it is, not what constitutes it. Yeah. Um, So, it was fun. It was enjoyable. It's a good match. I will say that with... Uh, between Colcabana and Darby now, with like these finisher pins, like I'm actually kind of curious about these. Like I'm enjoying seeing them. We can also coin a term for them now and just call them finishers. Finishers. <laughs> I'm I'm getting pretty big on finishers. Isn't that a dog? I don't no, know. that's a pincher. <laughs> Is, isn't that a website? No, that's a Pinterest. <laughs> Is that the lobster from The Simpsons? You beat me on that one. No, that that's Pinchy. <laughs> oh. oh goodness. <laughs> hey Kat. So our next our I have next a question match. for you. Yeah. How'd you feel about Jake Hagar's match on Dark? Well, Aaron, I thought it was really boring and Jake Hager could go fuck himself. So I got some bad news for you because they did it again. (laughs) What? Really? (laughs) Yeah, Jake Hager taking on another indie talent in Chico Adams. Who gets a, in in his one minute and ten seconds in the ring, gets a Chico and the Man reference. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Which is not something that I have heard referenced. Since Glenn Resch was a goalie for the New York fucking Islanders, and they started calling him Chico because he grew a dumb mustache. Oh, jeez. And do you know when that was? No, because I don't watch hockey. Before I was fucking born. (laughs) And Chico, Chico Resch still goes by Chico. Really? That's uh, that's a thing then. Okay, so we had Jake Hager versus Chico and the man, Adams. It's a minute and ten. It's a squash match. It was another Uranagi into Coptic Choke. But then, in the post-match celebration, I looked up and I saw you taking a drink. Keep going, keep going. Uh, no, I can't do it now. Moxley. Moxley. <laughs> I, I break too easy. This is terrible. This is why. Nope, I break too easily too. Neither of us can cut good promos. Nope. We're just comedy wrestlers. <laughs> and the bad kind. <laughs> but yeah, Mark shows up. Hits a very quick paradigm shift. 
which Hagar wakes up from very quickly, puts an ankle lock on, Mox rolls through, and they just kind of stare down. So I guess we kind of know where the title picture is moving now. I sincerely hope that John wins that title, because, like, as much as we've said nice things about AEW for being a progressive organization, Jake Hager's kind of a shithead and, like, pretty fucking queerphobic. So Jake Hager can get bent, and I hope he never wins a championship. That's a fact. (laughs) So, we get highlights from last week's debut of Brody Lee. We get a very funny segment. Where the I don't know, WWE one... didn't find it very funny. Okay. <laughs> Vince McMahon didn't find it very funny. We see the Exalted One eating, talking about the Dark Order with Silver and Reynolds, about being the lions of AEW and preying on the weak. Uh, they're not allowed to start eating until the Exalted One finishes his meal. Yep. Daddy finishes um, first. Yes. He banishes Silver from the table. Reynolds sneezes. <laughs> and that's where you know we're going with this promo. That's where you know that this is a promo that's making fun of Vince McMahon and his hatred for sneezing. Yep. Also, I, I need to point this out. Um, I love the Exalted One. Uh, hashtag join Dark Order. I don't think Brody Lee knows how to hold a fork. <laughs> <laughs> or tell time, because he has to have Uno remind him what day it is. Oh, that, that is, that's just a whole dynamic there. Yeah. Okay, so let's, 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 let's break this down for a second. The whole, like, ordering Evil Uno to tell him what day it is, and, like, meaningless trivial ritual like that feels very um just say it it feels like a ds dynamic um for those of you not in the bdsm community that means dom sub um it feels very power exchangey in a way that was a little weird given circumstances currently for I'm not going to talk about that. That's personal. (laughs) Okay. It's just weird when you... I don't know if I want to talk about this on stream. (laughs) Then don't talk about it on stream? I've kind of already... People can figure it out. It's weird for me for a particular reason. As someone who happens to exist on the left side of the slash. <laughs> uh, now they're going to start asking questions about me now. It's not Aaron. It, it's not me. Um, <laughs> so we then get another squash match. But a good squash match. Yes. With QT Marshall taking on the Exalted One Brody Lee. Yeah, so we get QT Marshall versus Brody Lee. And Tone um, is very excited to see the Exalted One. Yes. Like, his voice picks up a couple beats. Makes you wonder about Tony and the Exalted One's relationship. Eh? 
but yeah, no, like it, it's very, very clearly a match designed to exhibit Brody Lee. Yes. Bring him out, show him off, show his arsenal, and just build him up that extra little bit with all the other work we've done already. Right. Now, I did something here because I had a feeling like this is going to just be a squash. It's going to be over. It's not going to be a huge expenditure of en- energy on Brody Lee's part. Mm-hmm. So I counted how many moves he used in the match. Oh, goodness. Do you know how many moves he used in this match to win? How many did he use? A dozen. A dozen? Not a baker's dozen? Nope. 12 moves, start to finish. And that's counting the two different suplexes he did. All right, then. (laughs) Yes, I do know because I told them. (laughs) (sighs) Seven more than Cena. Seven more. Oof. Oof. (laughs) Not wrong. Um, like... And like uh, there's a, a so like i've mentioned before in our discussions about wrestling how it often feels like when you see a senton they don't seem that effective mm-hmm. particularly because a lot of momentum carries the guys through the person they're hitting with their yeah. ass and it just it kind of looks more like a graze than a thing yeah because a lot of the guys that do them uh are usually very quick themselves so they've right. got more they got to chain off of it. Brody Lee hitting a Senton Atomico, though. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it was... It... It was heavy. It was loud. It was wonderful. It sold me on Sentons as being a move that actually works in, like, kayfabe. Yes. Uh, QT hit a pretty solid Enzi. Like, you know, QT's not a bad wrestler. No, it's he's just, not a complete pushover here. It's just, just mostly. Right. His purpose right now isn't to be a, you know, a talent that wins. Yeah. So he does what he does. He goes out and makes the other guys look amazing. Um. So, yeah, it, it worked. Um. Brody Lee leaves a Dark Order mask for QT post-match. Mm-hmm. We get a highlight package of the Elite versus the Inner Circle. And the whole and... Nick Jackson episode. Mm-hmm. And then a quick rundown of the debut of Damascus himself, Matt Hardy. <laughs> oh, Yeah. They also had a little bit in there of Vanguard 1, the West Coast um, correspondent. Which was very funny. Showing off Nick Jackson's about 61% uh, recouped and then flying off. And I'm pretty sure I saw Matt walking into the house as it was flying off. <laughs> Probably. Um, so we get the like headliner match. Yeah. Technically and... the main event. Right what they sold this week's dynamite on mm-hmm. the championship match between champion Kenny Omega and Sammy Guevara for the triple a Aaron, help me out here. The triple a mega champion. That's not right at all. I stumbled <laughs> at the end there. I think Sorry. I got into French at the end. 
instead of Spanish. You did. Hit me with that in English, and I'll cut the bad Spanish. <laughs> the Triple A Mega Championship. The Triple A Mega Championship. Yep. So this is it's it's obviously a main event because this match goes on for like twenty five minutes. It was mind blowing. It's what it was. It shows how, like, you know, like part of so part of being in the inner circle means that you're usually playing second fiddle to Jericho. Yeah. This shows that Sammy can fucking work. Which is something, you know, watching the, the Indies before, especially over on like Wrestle Circus before they went under. Mm-hmm. Sammy Guevara was a mainstay there and yeah. a main event mainstay. And this kind of just shows it gets everyone else up to speed on what he is fully capable of bringing. Mm-hmm. We also got a um, a brilliant moment uh, it, it, during the whole course of the match where Sammy starts making out with a caricature picture of Brandy. Yes, Sammy brought his own audience for this. Mm-hmm. Some caricatures of the captain, who is one of the Star Trek people. I was relying on super nerd Cody Rhodes to know, but he didn't. <laughs> Brandy gave this, like, look when he started making out. That was like... Just just disgusted. Pure revulsion. <laughs> and it was amazing, and I regret not saving that as a reaction image. <laughs> I'm sure we can go back and find it. <laughs> but within the match itself, Sammy actually held the momentum for most of the match as they went. Anytime Kenny would start to build up offense, um, mm-hmm. something would happen. Or in a lot of cases, he would end up like biting his broken hand. Right, right. Kenny's broken hand was definitely a prominently featured portion of the match because like guy's got a broken hand guy's got a broken hand yeah it's a very title body part so you go for it like the 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 match was just so 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 much fun to watch i think the finish was probably what you expected it to be because i don't think you have a title change hands in another company's televised broadcast yeah like aw and triple a have some kind of working agreement with their talent but still (laughs) yeah right like you don't have a championship belt go to someone else on a different show yeah it's just what it is now there's a couple spots here from the commentary i'd like to point out because at one point sammy had like a sleeper on omega i believe it was Mm -hmm. and they were talking about how if he just moved an arm a little bit it would be a cobra clutch and I started thinking, like, Sammy Guevara is 26. I don't think anyone has used the Cobra Clutch in any big capacity since he's been alive. <laughs> like, I think Sergeant Slaughter had a couple years left before he retired afterwards, but that'd be about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, yeah, he's no, not going to know how to do okay, a Cobra so, Clutch. <laughs> like, Sergeant Slaughter had his shitty ill-advised um i'm team saddam gimmick in 91 yeah because you know why wouldn't wwe make you boo the heroes 
Is Sergeant Slaughter really a hero? In kayfabe, the character is a baby face. Whatever. <laughs> I've, I've, WWE's idea of heels and baby faces is very different from my idea of heels and baby faces. Yeah, they often have a very screwy vision of how it's supposed to go. Daniel Bryan, as an environmentalist, being a heel. No. He was right. Sami Zayn as a heel. Eh, Sami's kind of right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, regardless, uh, we get a very good finish to this match. We're going on a lot of tangents this episode. That's fine. Tangents are fine. We I'm not get... the one editing. <laughs> I know you're not. We get a really good finish to this match. Um, basically, it, yeah, the Spanish fly, like, everything about the finish was beautiful, but what really impressed me was the way that they, like, gave Sammy that little extra push. Yeah. Because he had to take both a V-Trigger and a One-Winged Angel. Yep. And that's after, you know, hitting the Spanish fly, missing a shooting star press, doing a spot with two moonsaults into a standing shooting star and taking a knee from that one mm -hmm. because of course kenny's gonna have that scouted that is a mainstay of kota abushi's arsenal <laughs> kota a boyfriend kota a boyfriend <laughs> yeah kenny goes to signal like the gun hand sign into sammy but sammy bites his hand again gets into a snapdragon Eats a spinning kick. Hit. <laughs> Sammy hits a spinning kick. Omega hits a V trigger again. I wrote down a J driller for two. I can't remember what that yep. is right now. And finally, a one wing angel for three. Uh huh. Sorry. Mm hmm. And an incredibly fast paced match that still got so many other interesting spots into it. Which is funny because, like, you, it's a fast-paced match that went on for, like... 20, 20 minutes. 23 minutes or something yeah. like that, I think, was what I had written down. So, like, what the fuck? Yep. This is your area. It's a Vine quote. Oh, God. So Always then, a Vine quote. It's a Vine quote. So, that was our main event. Now, did you notice had... something after the main event? When did Cody left... He took the Trippia Mega Championship with him. The tag title belt was still in his starting quarter. Huh. Yeah. He brought both out. The tag championship, tag championship set in that corner for the whole match. Sammy kicked it out once, but then he didn't grab it on the way out. Interesting. What if the angle is that... Matthew Youngbuck and Hangman teamed together after they reached reconciliation. But Kenny's still not over it. And he has to tag with someone else named Kota Ibushi. <laughs> I can always hope. We can we can hope. <laughs> uh so we get a um we get a segment of Chris Jericho, the maker of pain, confronting Matt Hardy. First, he confronts Vanguard 1. First, he confronts Vanguard 1. Um, so, 
I just asked what happens to Nick. Sorry, in my scenario, Nick is out on paternity leave. <laughs> He's going to be a little bit. Yeah, let him have fun raising his kid for a little bit. Vanguard 1 arrives. Jericho cuts a promo against Vanguard 1, a drone. Oh my god. For being arrogant, having shitty political views. <laughs> but he can offer him a position in the inner circle. He calls Vanguard 1 a real piece of shit. <laughs> the finest using, mechanical cigars. <laughs> using their one first name fan last name guard second last name one (laughs) it was very funny only jericho could a promo against the drone and like sell it that well yep but like it's almost unfair the AEW roster that that they have at the top of the card that they've been able to bring in because you have chris jericho who can cut promos on inanimate objects <laughs> like he cut one on his Roomba after this and you've got Roomba. Kenny Omega who can have good matches with inanimate objects <laughs> <laughs> not just some of the wrestlers he's had to work with <laughs> uh, that that match there was Ibushi versus the um the like blow up the, doll the blow up doll <laughs> I love it I know, but I also hate it. (laughs) You hate that it's there, but you love that you saw it? Yes. Okay. So after that, we... Vanguard 1 flies off, not joining the Inner Circle. Jericho's pissed. And then we hear this music. What an awesome theme song, by the way. It is really good. There's, like, little moments in it that, like, kind of give me a, like similar vibe to um Shinsuke Nagamura's first theme song when he joined WWE. Okay, yeah. In that it's just one of those instrumental songs that's gonna capture the crowd when the crowd is back. Yeah. Yeah, but by the time we get there, like everyone's gonna have this beaten into their head and they're gonna know mm-hmm. it instantly. Like I it's not a song that you can you know, vocalize as easily as Nakamura's <laughs> song, but like, yeah, it, it's there. I think it'll be interesting. So the music um, hits, and we see Matt Hardy up in the upper seats, a long way from the ring. They're like this, going <laughs> cat audio podcast. You can hear that. <laughs> I couldn't. They can't see your arms though. It's still an audio medium. <laughs> I'm used to Twitch, okay? I know. Um, he's standing there with his arms spread out, very, very Messiah-ish, gnashing his teeth and being a typical broken Matt Hardy in his broken brilliance. Yep. And Matt Hardy now has the ability to teleport. Yeah. He teleported down to the stage area, like a row at a time. Or a section at a time, I guess. It was a section at a time. Yeah, that would take a long time of this pro. And this is kind of what we were talking about with the empty arena shows, allowing them to do more cinematic approach to things. Because watching this, I figured, okay, it's it's just going to be live like it normally is. Right. And then he starts teleporting, and my brain just can't quite compute it for a second. 
<laughs> right. There's that half second where you're like, wait, what? Where like you, as the, as our tagline suggests, where you forget that it's all a work. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, what? Yeah. So they're able to put that little bit extra. Oh, and sorry for the, this next tangent. Uh, in addition to that, with the closed set shows, they can actually have Vanguard One in the in there too, right? Because listening to Jericho's podcast with Matt Hardy, they go over how the entrance was going to be much different before, because the drone couldn't be in the building, but it could be in like the parking lot. So it was going to be a very different presentation. Mm-hmm. Right, but with no audience there, you can have the drone in the building, and you make the entrance feel it, it, it's. They've managed to make this work. Yes. Regardless of everything else going on, they've managed to make what they have to work with work well. Uh, so we get a segment between Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho. Who are both Jericho wearing tries... lapel microphones instead of holding. Yes. They're just so animated because they can be there. Right. So since they can actually use labs, they're not like limited to talking directly into the mics there's no god awful thump of the mic onto the mat (laughs) but uh so basically uh there's like it's a very good segment Uh, oh my gosh jericho tries to like put himself over saying that aew is his show he built the company with his reputation his ability and his scouting talent and like you kind of you know, it, it is a fair argument can be made from that. Uh, basically says join the inner circle. We get a segment where to where we find out that Matt now has a new essence within him. Yep. Because he owes a favor to the Bucks of Youth for resurrecting him after they expelled Zenith, which was the essence that existed in him from seven AD. Uh, we find out more about Damascus, his new essence. Who's even older. Damascus is from the year 3000 BC. Yeah. Um, and is more, is, is older and more brutal and prone to violence and chaos. He's prone to, I think the exact phrasing is he was prone to chaos, violence, and brutality. Um, Jericho tries to continue to recruit him says you know we've known each other for 25 years and sure we've both changed but deep down in our core we're the same uh, Matt quips back we are not this you know I, I have changed we you have changed your outward appearance but deep down you are still a hole of the ass <laughs> yeah I think it's exact words that starts we're like like the chameleon, you change very often, but you are still an evil essence. Yes, he I... calls him an evil essence. Uh, Jericho says, okay, I'm going to give you one more chance. Elite or inner circle? Delete! So they do rabbit season, duck season for a minute. Oh, <laughs> uh, they do. Like, flat out. And it's awesome. At one point, Matt Hardy actually says elite. Yep. <laughs> yeah, she got a little bit confused at one point. Delete. I-, I think Jericho said delete after that, too. He didn't. Okay. 
I, it, it went too quickly for me then. It would have been really good if he actually said delete after that. Because <laughs> that would have perfected the rabbit season, duck season. Yep. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so then Matt mentions that he knew the, that, sorry, that Damascus knew the real Judas and he was also betrayed by him. So really, I think Damascus is just like one of those terrible early 2000s um, uh, OCs you'd find on like the role playing forums where the people are the people aren't <laughs> really role playing. <laughs> they they, they kind of do think this. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a Sonic OC where the OC was born on the Ark and grew up knowing Shadow and understands chaos control and all that shit. Yep. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to Cat Knows Too Much About the Sonic Fandom, oh, a sub podcast. Uh, what else? So uh, Matt starts to mock. You know, Jericho starts to mock Matt for not having fans to play to and not having anyone to chant his catchphrase. Blah blah blah. Um, Jericho man uh, reminds Matt that he banned all of the dipshit fans from AEW shows, or like he doesn't have anyone to support him or anything like that. Yeah. Um, Matt then disagrees and mentions that there are many great essences in the crowd who are just not visible to someone like Chris Jericho, the <laughs> maker of pain. Martin Luther King was apparently there, not Junior, Senior. Yep. Um, they didn't specify. Um, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln was. Abraham Lincoln. Who who else did he mention? Oh, gosh, there was a lot. It was really, it was such a dumb segment. So Jericho slaps him. Matt fires back and drops him. Sammy shows up and attacks Matt. And then Cody and Kenny run over from commentary or whatever and make, say, make the save with chair shots. Yep. The elite finally stand <laughs> tall. Yeah, and it's a good way to continue the build to blood and guts. It was fun. It oh, was silly. Cat, you, you missed you missed the very ending. Did I? Where Mad Hardy starts controlling the pyro. As, oh, that's right. That's right. And, that was the best part. As Sammy I and Jericho are up on that. the are up on the uh, stage part, and he just starts doing the delete thing and setting up the pyro all around them. Right, so apparently Matt Hardy can teleport and also control fire. <laughs> and that segment with the pyro was beautiful. Oh gosh, it was like that 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 was probably the entire show's budget of pyro right there. That was like the this show and next week's show's budget of pyro. <laughs> so yeah, like it, it this segment is a mileage may vary. If you like broken Matt Hardy, you like this segment. If you want to see two brilliant talkers in this business just just doing their thing, it is more than worth a look into. It's on YouTube. You can just straight up watch it on YouTube. Also watch the one with Vanguard 1. Also watch the one with Vanguard 1, which is similarly on the tube of you. <laughs> um, okay, do you want to do What's My Beef? Uh, if you have a beef, I actually don't. Think... I don't have a beef this. Actually, I, don't. I have a. I have. I, I've already aired my beef, and it's with Jake Hager. Yeah. Just stop being. That's all. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, we have a we have a beef from the audience. Aitsu, what's your beef? Hey, this is Aitsu, long-time watcher, first-time caller. Uh, I'd like to talk about my <laughs> No, beef. they are not a first-time caller. <laughs> well, let's be honest. There have been weeks where they've been the only one watching. <laughs> That's true. It's, I don't mind. Don't show up to work during a pandemic sick when you have a cancer survivor on the roster with you. Oh, you're talking about Roman Reigns. Yeah. Yeah, who thankfully took the leave from work. But yeah, after his bouts with leukemia is left very immunocompromised. So there's stories coming out that a lot of wrestlers were turned away from the Performance Center this week for the pre-tapings. Mm-hmm. Because they are registering over 104 temperature. 100 and it's 104. You were are you sure it's 104, not 100.4? It might be. I'm taking because 104 is go to the hospital temperature. Yeah, I'm taking my numbers from uh, what culture that I watched this morning and didn't take notes on. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> it could be 100.4, but yeah, there are people. There were people showing up that were turned away due to temperature reasons. And yeah, they, they have Roman Reigns on the roster, so that that's just not good. <laughs> so, yeah, like, fuck off. <laughs> that's all. That's that's a good beef to have. Yeah, But in the end, we, we wish nothing but good health for Roman Reigns. Absolutely. Regardless of how you feel about his booking, he as an individual is a decent person and certainly doesn't deserve to have his work compromised by holes of the ass who show up to work with a hundred degree temperature yeah i love roman reigns work i just complain about his booking mm-hmm. yeah he also doesn't hit the superman punch quite as well as orange cassidy no now that i've seen orange cassidy superman punch he doesn't he's got to up his game there <laughs> anyway um that's all for tonight now that i have two hours and 20 something minutes of podcast to edit whoopsie this episode might be a little late when it comes out on tuesday (laughs) in the meantime thank you all for watching was it the one that i say on here be gay be gay do crimes bang Check, check. Am I getting levels? I see some levels. Is it a water level? Nope, it's a water temple. Even worse. Oh, fuck.